0: Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This week, it's a solo episode. You know what that means. I have no friends. I'm going to be talking about Rex Grossman, sexy Rexy, on the podcast today. Very excited to chat about this maligned first-round draft pick of the Chicago Bears. We're going to give him his due. But before we do... You motherfuckers are going to give me my due. Go to my goddamn website and subscribe to my newsletter. Review the podcast. You know what to do. Help a brother out. I need fans. (laughs) I need fans. I looked in the mirror yesterday. I saw my hairline going a little bit. Yeah, I'm not getting any younger. This has got to work. I need you. Whoever this is, whoever's listening right now in the ether, I don't care... If you are a serial killer dancing in front of your victim with your wiener tucked into your legs, I don't care. No way that stays. No way this is the take that stays in the podcast. But let's just assume it is. I want to thank a couple people for writing reviews. And writing into me this week, which you can do, by the way, Eric Comedy at gmail. You can write in, request quarterbacks for the show. Let me know what you think. A couple people did that. Justin alfreri Very uh, big fan of the show. Even wrote me a review, which I'm looking at right now. Really enjoy the pod. So many laughs and a great trip down memory lane talking about these players. A must listen. Justin, you are a must listen. Thanks, buddy. Henry Darius, also a listener, wanted me to make fun of his friend, Emil Friesen, who broke his leg. Emil, you broke leg, pussy. (laughs) You know, I don't under. There's no reason to make fun of a kid for making fun of his breaking his leg Uh, this seems mean I don't know but Emil I don't know what to say you know this is if you're when you only have like a hundred fans of a podcast you have to oblige people so you know it be have tell your friends about the show so I don't have to listen to all these insane requests to insult broken leg teenagers who can't start for their high school football team Emil Friesen heal up sorry buddy Hope you're feeling better, and if you don't want me to do this shit anymore, like I said, tell your friends about the podcast so I can start ignoring these. I I, I would love to toss this kind of horseshit by the wayside, but right now, you know, you got to love them while you got them. That's the rule. All right, let's do this. You guys want to start this show? There's, there's no guests today. Like I said, it's just me. It's 1 a.m. right now, so I'm not going to redo this, all right? This is the take I'm using Let's get this thing started. Thanks for being with us. Here we go. This is bringing the Backups with Eric Helwig. Yeah, here we go. Starting a podcast. So happy to be here with you people. Men, women, any gender, thank you for being here. We got a great show today. Rex Grossman. The owner of seven different nicknames throughout his NFL career. I got him right here on his Wikipedia page, pulled up. This dude, this dude left an impression, I will say. You know, there's quarterbacks that we've had on this show that, you know, you'd have to Google three or four times and misspell their name multiple times until you find them. But this guy's not that. This guy played in the Super Bowl. So he left a legacy, and we're here to correct it a little bit. This guy deserves a little bit of a, I'd say, a page one rewrite on the way we look back at Rex Grossman. Chicago fans gave him a hard time. You know, and I get it. He's a first-round pick, didn't win the game, overall didn't have the best career, but these are kids. And you know what I'm saying. Unless you're unless you're like a high schooler listening to this show, you're older than these guys. So how much can you really begrudge Rex Grossman and a mistake he made in the media when he was 26 years old when he said a game was meaningless, he wasn't prepared? He was 26. Dude, when I was 26, I was driving drunk, telling women that were getting married, that I loved them. I was doing crazy sh- like nothing that I would be proud of today. So everybody out there, cut him a break. I just kind of blew by that thing where I said I, I told a woman that was getting married that I loved her. But I did do that once. Didn't feel good. What can I say? I, uh, You know, you follow your heart when you're younger. It's dumb. It's a dumb way to be. Let's get into this Rex Grossman fella here, huh? Well, let's start with the basics. 25 and 22 as a starter. Hello. Above 500? I'll take it. Check, please. My favorite hack thing to say. Check, please. Every anytime I feel like I've made a point. Fifty-six touchdowns, sixty interceptions. I don't know. Is that so bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad. He was a risk taker. That's what he did. His favorite player growing up was Brett Favre. And Brett Favre doesn't get a lot of credit. He gets a lot of credit for being a great quarterback. Things he doesn't get credit for spawning a lot of less talented quarterbacks to be mistake prone and pulling his dick out a bunch. These are the other things that Brett Favre did to paint the mural of his career, you know? You can't just like the one part. You gotta pull back everything about them. Or at least not like, but you have to appreciate. That's part of, you know, Brett Favre is, he's like the Dane Cook. (laughs) Uh, Look, here's the thing about Dane Cook. I'm gonna defend Dane Cook here for a second. He did something that nobody else was doing. He, He blew up in a way that helped a lot of other comedians. But... You know, he spawned a lot of people that are miserable to listen to. You know, if you've done an open mic in the early 2000s, you know, you probably hate Dane Cook because you're seeing the worst impression of him over and over again. So that's what happens when you uh, do something nobody else has done. Brett Favre, I'd say play quarterback that way. Why are we talking about Brett Favre? Let's get back to our man, Rex Grossman, all right? From Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. Crushed it in high school. The, uh looks like he was playing running back, and then his mom... Told his dad, put our son at quarterback, which, you know, you gotta do. I think I said in my last episode, you gotta pick your battles as a married man or woman, I suppose, but let's be real. Man, you gotta you gotta just give it up sometimes. And that's a, that's an easy fight to say, you know what, you were right. I'll let my kid play quarterback. I mean that's you toss that one in right away. So you save a fight that you can win. So anyway, it looks like his mom made him a quarterback. His dad followed, coached him up, and then he won like every award you can win. He was Mr. Indiana's Mr. Football. He was very good. In college, he went to Florida, the Gators, where he played for the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. And Steve Spurrier, one of the most hilarious NFL failures of all time. I love what Spurrier did. oh, Hang on for a second. I'm going to pause this. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just doing my podcast, just giving you a heads up. Cool. This is not the ideal place to do a podcast, probably, but what can you say? We're on the road. We're roaming act. So I have family members coming in, doing laundry in the background. Got my dog sleeping on the couch. Got a football game on. Pretty distracting. I've, I don't even know how the first eight minutes of this have really gone, if this is listenable. Who knows? What was I saying? Oh, yeah, he, had, he had, well, he had Steve Spurrier as a coach at Florida, which I love. Spurrier was like, every head coach is a psycho in the NFL, right? They work 100 hours a week. Their families hate them. They're divorced. That, that all comes in with being an NFL coach. You have to ruin a couple marriages to make it work. Spurrier was like, I play golf. I bring in crappy Gator backups <laughs> to play quarterback, and I go 6-10. and 10. That's how I roll in the NFL. And that's what he did. And I got to say, it's impressive to stick to your guns like that in a league that's all about, you know, sacrifice and ruin your life to make this work. Spurrier's like, no, I don't take this that seriously. I run the, the fun and gun Florida Gator football in the NFL for the crappiest franchise they have with a name that won't be allowed in 2020. That's what Spurrier did, and I respected it. Now, obviously, it worked a lot better in Florida where he crushed it, and then it looks like Ron Zook took over while Palmer, or while Palmer, excuse me, while uh, Grossman was there. I said Palmer because Jesse Palmer was Rex Grossman's competition at Florida. That's the dude that went on The Bachelor and, you know, had 30 women vying for him. I guess it worked. I don't know. if it, Who cares if it worked? It, it worked out already. I've set it up. A dude, 30 women vying for you, you've won, no matter what happens. Way to go, Jesse. So he competes with Jesse, starts playing in college, and, you know, crushes it, almost wins the Heisman, almost beats out that Eric Crouch dude. I just remember Eric Crouch trying to be a receiver in the NFL. At least he didn't Tebow it and be like, I'm a quarterback no matter what. No, you're not a quarterback, Eric Crouch. You're a crappy NFL receiver that played for a couple years, and that's good. You you know, you take that. You don't Tebow it and be like, because people really like me, and I had a Jesus commercial during the Super Bowl, I'm going to make it work as an NFL quarterback, even though I, my throwing motion looks like I'm trying to throw a bowling ball into a second-story window. His throwing motion starts at his ankle. This dude's trying to be quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I, I, I found Rex Grossman to be a very likable Quarterback at Florida. All right. The dude crushed it. This is what this is like back in the days where Florida was really. I mean, they didn't win a national championship with him, but they were right up there, number one, number two. This is the this is like the heyday. These are the years that Spurrier used to like launch himself into the NFL was with Rex Grossman playing quarterback. So I love it. I was looking over memorable games Rex Grossman played in. He played in a slinging in the rain game. Against the Tennessee Volunteers, it was raining really hard. I just love a good. Who doesn't love a good musical theater pun tied in with a college football game? Slinging in the rain. Come on. I guess people think like musical theater references are are gay or something, but like I love it. Right? At slinging in the rain, I'll take it. We got. And, you know, if, if you're that afraid of being gay, you're, you're probably you probably need to try it out a little bit. Just give it a shot. I've lost a lot of the Republicans listening so far, but whatever. Let's just keep. Moving forward. Oh, yeah, it looks like Grossman ended up in the uh, University of Florida Athletic Hall of Fame as a Gator great in 2013. Good for you, Rex. I'm glad Rex made it work out in college, because once he goes to the bros, it doesn't work out for him. But let's celebrate what did an all-time great Gator. Drafted by the Chicago Bears. First round, 2003 draft. Plays for the Bears 2003 to 2008. This is going to be a Chicago-centric look at Rex Grossman. I know he played on some other teams. We'll chat about it. But his time with the Bears. And he starts off, can't beat out Chris Chandler and Cordell Stewart. I mean, those are two pretty good guys. I remember Chris Chandler with the Falcons in the Super Bowl. You know, they made fun of him for having a glass jaw. But they hadn't met Rex Grossman yet. But Chandler had trouble staying healthy. Cordell Stewart slash... Love Cordell Stewart. This would have been post his Steelers time, so he was probably old and slow at that point, but who didn't love Cordell? One of the first real multi-purpose weapons in the NFL that I remember, at least, from like when I was growing up. Grossman couldn't beat him out. Looks like he did start a couple games in his first season, but started breaking bones, which is going to be a repeating thing in his career. So his first season, he breaks his finger, his next season, 2004, the Bears actually fired. They had Dick Duron as their coach. They hired Lovey Smith. Lovey who liked Rex Grossman enough to keep starting him, despite the city of Chicago having, like, a Kill the Beast song where they would want to storm <laughs> Soldier Field with torches every time Rex Grossman was named a starter. Kill that beast. He's got fangs, really sharp ones. Anytime a bunch of people are mad, I just picture... Gaston, working him up into a frenzy. So, yeah, even though LeFou wasn't happy about it, Lovey Smith names Rex the starter for 2004. He throws a bunch of interceptions, which is what he does. Then he messes up his knee in, like, the third game of the season. Then in 2005, comes in again, breaks his ankle in the in the preseason. Dude, this guy cannot stay healthy. Three seasons in a row is just getting jacked up with injuries although it looks like he comes back in the end of 2005, plays okay, and that kind of leads into the 2006 Bears Super Bowl season where Grossman starts every game, which would have been already his fourth year. Dude is injury prone, and they say his injury, by the way, like he was a more mobile quarterback in Florida, but three years in, he's already jacked up. He can't really do that stuff anymore. Man, this game takes it out of you. and it's nice to do a show where you're lightly roasting these athletes who have a pain threshold so much higher than mine. So much higher. I mean, I if I get a headache, I need to lay down for three hours and feel sorry for myself. These guys are literally ruining their futures <laughs> with horrifying injuries. But, you know, good for them. They're getting paid. They deserve it. Rex got his contract. I'm happy for him. But he comes, so he's he's Walking Dead style, the starter. You know, he's got like mummy bandages on him. Starting the 2006 season, starts every game for the Bears, which he became the first Bears quarterback to start all 16 games since Eric Kramer in 1995. Eric Kramer, future, bringing the backup subject, I'm sure. And yeah, and then Rex Grossman starts, uh, he just has these games where he has eight turnovers He either throws four touchdown passes or fumbles six times. That's, like, his rule. And this is the – he has the best game of this season. This is the Arizona Cardinals game where uh, Dennis Green is like, well, we let them off the hook. You want to crown them, you crown their ass. We are who they thought they were. Rest in peace, Dennis Green. Great post-game screaming match with the media. Who wasn't disagreeing with him. It's always the best when the coach is yelling at somebody who didn't even ask them an imposing question. Those are the moments you want. So, yeah, he has that horrible game. And then he just kind of keeps doing that. You know, like he crushes it, shoots himself in the foot. Crushes it, shoots himself in the foot. That whole season through 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. And the Bears go 13-3 and and go to the Super Bowl. He's like Jameis Winston before Jameis Winston exists. It's badass, man. He was like a less talented, less charismatic Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, every time he gets interviewed, he's like, I like Brett Favre. This is just how I do it. Yeah, it's like he's also like a confident guy, which I love for somebody who's not playing that well to just have like crazy confidence. I mean, like when I say, I love this looking back on it when it's, he wasn't a quarterback for my team. I Carson Wentz being like, this is how we do it now as the Eagles – suck this year it's infuriating but so I can understand why Chicago fans hated Rex Grossman at the time but looking back I mean it is funny I'm sure people will look back at the Carson Wentz Eagles and think it's hilarious that Wentz is doubling down on his playing style while they're getting their ass kicked by like the Bengals there's nothing funnier than someone who's completely wrong and completely cocksure of their ideas. Like, the more confident you are in how wrong you are, the the better the comedy. Which, may, it makes Rex Grossman a hilarious quarterback to watch highlights of. Because the dude owns it. So what comes next, right? Goes to the playoffs. Plays well in the playoffs. Goes to the Super Bowl, obviously. You know, plays like shit in the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? You're playing against Peyton Manning in the driving rain? I don't think so. Manning. Super Bowl victory, Rex Grossman. Everybody's like he's the worst quarterback to ever go to the Super Bowl in the modern era. It's like, okay, I'll take it. That still sounds pretty cool. He's not hosting a podcast that he's recording at 1 a.m. while traveling the rainy East Coast. By the way, uh, if you're looking for a cure for seasonal depression on the East Coast, what I highly recommend is moving to the West Coast where you can just be depressed about your career. Man, it's hard with the cloudy rain, nonstop. Forgot what it was like to have seasons till I came back. Oh my God, how I, I don't know how I cope with it. But yeah, whatever. Good to see family. I miss the eternal summer of uh, the West Coast. There's not too many things I miss from the West Coast, but that is one of them. I think I mentioned this, made mention of this before, but they kind of make fun of Rex for having a terrible work ethic, which again, Steve Spurrier was his coach. Makes sense. <laughs> they say Bear fans were pretty cruel to him after the Super Bowl season. But you know, I guess that's what Bears fans do. No offense, guys. But uh, who was the name of that dude who you whose life you ruined because he tried to catch a foul ball? Ah, I got to look it up. Who's the who's the guy? Chicago foul ball. This Is gonna kill me. As soon as I see the name, it's gonna it's gonna piss me off that I forgot it. Let's do this. I'm gonna play a uh, I'm gonna play an ad <laughs> while I look up the name of the guy that uh, Chicago fans ruined the life of. So yeah, let's uh, let's listen to an ad here. And this, by the way, when I say ad, I mean this is a thing where it's a reminder to support the podcast. If you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. Unless it's telling your audience how to support your podcast, because that shit gets old real quick. I think you should outsource it and that's what i've done welcome to my friends and family plug my show these are real people with real reasons why you should support me i hope you listen i hope you hear and i do hope you support i'm eric's wife liz you may recognize me from the koi detmer episode of this podcast i'm also in the background of all the other ones probably cooking or feeding the dog or something I will continue appearing semi-regularly on this podcast until someone calls me a cunt. Then I'm out. I'm here to support my husband, but I don't like football or this podcast enough to make it worth it to be called a cunt. Basically, it's up to you how long I keep appearing on this thing. So go to erichelwig.com, subscribe to the pod, rate five stars, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Join Eric's newsletter. Follow the YouTube page to see Eric stand up. And again, you can simply go to EricHelwig.com for all of this. And if you call me a cunt, I'm done. All right, you heard it. Don't call my wife a cunt. Steve Bartman, that's the guy. All right, this just poor son of a bitch is at a game. He's a huge Cubs fan. Reaches out for a foul ball with like 30 other people. An old urine hands, Moise Salou. Comes over, throws a temper tantrum, and the whole city sides with piss hands. Yellow fingers makes a stink, and the whole city supports him over your own. Unbelievable! Unbelievable. Moisés Alou, by the way, this guy was like an NFL free agent. Every played on like thirty teams, and got interviewed because <laughs> he like he, he didn't wear batting gloves. And then an interview admits he pisses on his own hands for a better grip on the bat. I, as soon as Cubs fans read that, how did you not immediately apologize to Steve Bartman? You sided with a man who pees on his own hands every time he plays a game, he's peeing on his hands. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry, Cubs fans, you guys, you guys got to wear that whole Steve Bartman thing. I mean, I, have you apologized yet? Has he come? I mean, you won a World Series. Has he come back and thrown a first pitch? Well, I don't even know where that guy lives now. He's, like, in North Dakota hiding from you. You guys owe that guy something. And I'm imagining Cubs fans and Bears fans are all the same. I just noticed that the Cubs and the Bears are both. That's got to be intentional. Is that intentional? The Cubs must have been a team before the Bears, No, actually, no, they're not. I actually know that because I was watching a thing about all the original NFL franchises, and I think they were like the Decatur Bears or something, but I think the Chicago Bears were there first. Then the Cubs came. They must have named the Cubs because Chicago already had a team called the Bears, right? This sounds right. Again, like most things on this podcast, I might be making it up. The Cubs and Bears can't be a... uh, That can't be a uh, coincidence, can't be i mean i don't know maybe it is i feel like that's the thing they used to do with the old names they used to be like tie it in with other teams that are already playing in the area or you know make fun of native americans one of the two things (laughs) those are the two reasons to name a team anytime before the 1940s is derivation of a name we already have or racial slur that's it Although, I don't know. There's an argument that Redskins wasn't a racial slur. Let's not get into it. I think we already talked about it. On uh, We did. I did. I talked with Ray Easter on the Cleo Lemon episode. So go back if you want to hear my opinions on this. All right? You can, you can just go back and do a little, do a deep dive. Become a bring-in-the-backups Redskins theory completionist. Gordon, get down from there. Gordon, hey. Gordon, Down. Down. I'm in this house where there's another dog and my dog can't interact with the other dog but he keeps trying to go up to the bedroom that the dog is in to sniff around. Yeah, don't look at me, dude. You know you're not supposed to go up there. Don't go up there. The dog's being a little bitch on the couch. Trying to give me looks and make me feel bad while I'm doing my podcast? Come on, man. You know you're not supposed to go up there. Dogs understand Tony. He can tell right now that I'm incredulous. That dog's been so good on this trip, man. He's, he's literally—he's been in a new place basically every third night. He's crashing somewhere new. He's been in the car. We've been all over the place. The dog is taking it so well. He's been a champ, and he's—we're in this house where there's another dog that doesn't like him, and we're trying to keep them separated. It's a pain in the ass, obviously, as you can imagine. It actually happened. It was—it was—it was so crazy. So. We kept these dogs apart for like a week, and then we left to go somewhere else. We're like, I can't believe it. We, we made it so the dogs in the same house didn't interact once. And then I guess like somebody left the door open. The, the morning we're leaving, I'm with my wife. We're in the kitchen. We're talking. I go downstairs, and like in the dark in the living room, I just see the shadow of two dogs staring at each other. I'm like, oh, my God. And there they are. There's my pit bull. He's a sweetheart, but he's a pit bull face-to-face with another dog that has a history of going after other dogs in the living room of the house at 6 o'clock in the morning. Whoever, I don't know who made the mistake, but the dogs are right there. I mean, it freaked me out so much. I mean, it ended up being cool. Like, they were just there for a second, apparently. We got them separated, no no bites, no gnarling of teeth. But it was like a horror movie. That's the best way to describe it. But not like a good horror movie, like one of those indie horror movies where it's it's not even a horror movie for the first 40 minutes. You're just watching like a, a family just like living their life and it's boring and then all of a sudden like in one scene, you the camera pans over and like the wife is like holding her own tit or something. and You're just, oh, it's like, that's what it was like. It was just so jarring in the moment after doing nothing but warning about the dogs not eating each other. <laughs> They're just hanging out. <laughs> They're just right next to each other. But even with that, man, the the dog has done a good job. I'm happy. Very happy's not the right word. I'm proud of my dog, you know? It's not easy. It's, it can't be easy being a dog, not understanding human language, us having like a very specific thing we want the dog to do, and you just figure it out through the intonation of our voice. That's got to be – if you just imagine a world where you're living and the creatures in charge of you don't speak your language, need you to do stuff, and they neutered you, you got a lot of sympathy for dogs. I think I've also said on this podcast, I don't know if I'm for or against neutering. I mean, unfortunately, the state of California just made that decision for me. When you adopt a dog, they just do it for you, so I didn't have to debate it. Is this, is this irresponsible to tell people not to neuter your animals? Don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just, I'm just being honest and saying something about it strikes me as wrong, even though I'm sure it saves dogs' lives, whatever. All right? Do, 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 you do you. I feel like I'm an anti-vaxxer <laughs> saying this. Did I just feel weird about it? I just feel weird about it. it feels weird. You don't put your hands on another man's nutsack, all right? I kind of think of dogs as other people. And that's actually I've learned that's a bad way to train dogs because uh, you know, like they don't learn they can't you can't talk to a dog if it's a person, but I do that all the time. I don't like it when people talk down to dogs. They're like, oh, you're just a dumb little dog. You're just a stupid little d-. like you didn't, you didn't do anything to be higher on the evolutionary chain than a dog. Like, you didn't earn that. Or you just fell out of a human pussy, and you have a greater mental capacity. But you're not a better person innately than a dog is, a better creature, I should say. You're just a person, and the dog is a dog. So I talk to dogs like they're people. So like when my dog does something bad, I'm like, dude, come on, man. What are you? You know you can't do that, man. Not when I'm late for work. Come on, Gordon. Be be a cool dog. Come on. And my wife's like, he doesn't understand you. And she just goes, stop, wait. And then he does whatever she says. And so my, my wife has clearly become the pack leader because she's the only one that's able to communicate with the dog. I'm talking to the dog like he's my fucking college roommate. But she knows how to give, like, succinct commands that the dog has learned. She taught him all the tricks. And I'm just like, oh, bro, can you believe the Eagles right now? Like, I just, I more commiserate with the dog. And she more, like, you know, teaches it stuff. But anyway, regardless, it looks like he's going to sleep now. So he's, I guess I'm done talking about him. All right. Back to Rex Grossman. Sorry about the little, little turn there. I don't know what else to say. Like, he, he, after the C- Super Bowl season, he's like a starter on and off. He just kind of sucks. Goes to the Texans, backs up there. Goes to the Redskins, plays for the plays for Washington for a little bit and does all right. Has a couple memorable games. He came back twice against the Cowboys and almost beat him, which I think honestly, that's like one of those that's like the Army Navy game. Like you win that game as a Washington quarterback, you're gonna buy yourself a lot of starts in the future. So he played well in a couple uh, Washington Dallas games, but didn't win. So I think kind of stayed the backup and ended up being a mentor for uh, RG3 and uh, Kirk Cousins. Kirk C- of course, Kirk Cousins. Most overpaid starter I've oh. seen in a long time. After the Redskins, he plays with Cleveland. Although he doesn't play, it just kind of gets signed in the Atlanta Falcons after that. Cleveland offers him a contract and he looks like he passed on a contract to stay with his family during the holidays, which I thought was kind of cool. He's at the end of his career. They're probably going to sign him to come in and be a practice squad guy for a couple weeks. And he's like, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving, which I appreciate it. And my wife, by the way, because I'm I'm doing this late night, last minute, my wife helped me out on the car ride. We were on a four hour car ride today. She actually read to me the Rex Grossman Wikipedia page so I could start getting ideas for the podcast when I started recording. We got to that part, she was like, Oh, I like him. He said no to uh he said no to a a contract just to be with his family. Which is interesting. I had the exact I was like I was like right off the bat I was like, Oh that's kind of a, a weak move. But you know, I guess I think about it. I'm like, he's probably already made his money. It's league minimum. It was a couple hundred thousand dollars to Rex Grossman at that point. You know? I do want to talk about this guy's nickname. He's got, he's got some great nicknames. I want to talk about the nicknames. Sexy Rexy, that's Steve Spurrier. They also called him Rex Glassman because he uh, got hurt a lot. Rex Grossman spelled W-R-E-C-K-S. That's hilarious. Rex Grossman due to his injury-prone years. I love that. Yeah, my wife told me one of his nicknames was Rex Grossman. I didn't get it because she was just saying it. But when you spell it, Rex Grossman, like a car wreck, that's hilarious. Good pun there. And then, oh, good Rex, bad Rex. That's what the Bears fans would call him. Those noble Bears fans. You guys, look, I I know you've had it rough since your uh, Super Bowl shuffle. You've been uh, dancing in hell as your team has been terrible. But, you know, I think you went a little too hard on Rex. That's what I think. I don't know. Write me and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that he was just a piece of shit. He seems like a very likable guy. Likes to scramble around, likes to play like Brett Favre, likes to throw four interceptions in a game, but somehow you still win. I mean, you were winning. What what I got it right here. I can pull it up. What was his record when he was just with Chicago? Oh, here he is. 19 and 12 as a starter. What is up with people not just letting the person that wins play? I don't get it. I don't get what that is. God, I'm going to be bitching about the Eagles letting go of Nick Foles until I'm 80 years old, I swear to God. But I, I don't understand why. If someone's winning, what else is there to discuss? Who cares? 19-12 and 12 as a starter in Chicago. I, I, they should have kept him. They should have kept him. All right, that's my thought like i said i i'm losing I'm losing every Chicago fan right now is uh furious that I'm saying this Rex's life let's see what else he's got he's uh seems like a likable guy. are you taking him downstairs? yeah you heard me okay i I don't know what's gonna stay in the podcast this is do you want to come over here and talk for a second? Do I have a microphone for you? Oh, I don't have a microphone for you. Just, you, you can go. You want to say hi to people real quick? You can say hi into the microphone. To okay, well then get out of here. I, okay, I, love you. I love you too. All that's staying in. He's, I uh, he, think he's, I think <laughs> dropped food in there. I got to bleep out that name now. Damn it. All right. Grossman's. My, my wife really does not like coming on this podcast. I keep inviting her on, and she like, could not be less into it. She does not want to be called a cunt. That's how she feels about it. I have to respect that. It's not unreasonable. Oh, uh, here's the thing. In Bloomington, Indiana, there's Rex Grossman Day. On June 28, 2007, they made Rex Grossman Day, which I think is pretty cool. They did that after his Super Bowl run. Looks like he looks like a nice guy. 'Cause looks like his dad and his grandfather played football. His grandfather was on the Baltimore Colts in the 1940s. Him and his wife started Florida Medical Staffing in 2009, a staffing agency for nurses that is based in Delray Beach, Florida. Okay, so it looks like Rex Grossman is helping cure coronavirus, motherfuckers, huh? Give, rewrite his history reported that Rex Grossman absorbed a uh, $680,000 loss in his September twenty eight 2018 purchase of a Trump International Hotel and Tower Chicago condo when it was sold. He lost 25% of his... Okay, so it looks like Rex Grossman got fucked by Donald Trump. That's something to make maybe liberals like him a little bit more? I don't know. I feel like there's something for everybody to like about Rex Grossman. This dude <laughs> seems like a pretty cool dude. I am... I'm fully for him, man. I think it would have been funny watching those conversations he was having with RG three and Kirk Cousins as he's like a, a a backup failing in DC. He's like, "Don't do what I did. Don't don't tell somebody in the media you're unprepared for a game, and it doesn't matter because you're already going to the playoffs in a in a crazed city of Polish psychos." <laughs> Why would why would you tell a journalist that you didn't prepare for a game because it doesn't matter? I mean, what do you expect to happen? Come on, Rex. I mean, look, I, I gave it I gave it to the Chicago fans for trying to murder Steve Bartman, <laughs> but that one's on you, bro. You you kind of you kind of fucked that one up. I'm sure he'd own up to it now and say that was a mistake. All right this has been fun. I got a, I'm not going to leave quite yet, but I am going to do another one of these bits that you guys love so much that I've been, that's what everybody writes. They're like, keep doing the bits. I'm like, what about me talking? They're like, no, no, keep doing the part. That's more work. I'm like, oh, great. I'll keep that up. So here's another one. Bring in the backups presents letters home from the bench. November 18th, 1979. June Jones writes. Annette, it is with a crestfallen heart that I pen you on the eve of our match with the Rams of Los Angeles. The warble of reality's song informs me I shall not engage in contest for a spell. In that austere suititude, in my sorrow, I've taken a lover, fellow Atlanta Falcon Billy Rickman. He wishes to address you now. Dear Annette, I forever intend on copulating with your formerly betrothed. June's wild knives and loins have overlaid me with a stormy brew of frothing amalgam. Billy, no- Billy, enough of our Congress. Speak to your chagrin for the pain we've caused Annette. I have no chagrin, June Bug. But last night, you charted your rue. I want you to revel her pain, June. Bathe in it. Billy! I'm what will one day be understood to be a sociopath. We're through, Billy. I will in, I will rejoin Annette right now. But the narration had commenced. Oh, damn it. There's no regress for your comportment. I can blot it out, eradicate, extirpate my words. Ah, damn you, parchment paper. It's torn and tattered while I try to erase. Our lover fate's sealed, June. Annette, what have I brought to your door? Annette! Now, that's a particularly insane <laughs> letter home from the bench. Thanks, my friend, comedian Alex Getlin for doing a little bit there with me. Uh, I, I guess we're coming to the end of the podcast here. I got to the little over the 40-minute mark, which is always the goal. Somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour, I feel like I'm still not that annoying. Man, I'm telling you guys, it's uh, the podcast has been a lot of work just because we've been on the move so much. I, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but we've basically been a new place every five days for almost a month and a half. I mean, that's just the way it is with COVID is like the, everything just changes scheduling wise so much. And we're trying to get to see a bunch of different people and we have family members who have had kids, and we've got old people with health issues, and we have people who've had COVID scares because they work in schools, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, man, we make a plan to like go on the road and visit somebody. It's supposed to take a week, and it ends up taking two and a half. So I don't, I don't know where I will be. I think I've said this every time since we got on the road. I don't know where I'll be the next time I'm talking to you guys. I mean, there's like four options. I could be in Delaware. At a beach house. I could be in my father's basement. I could be in rural Maryland. Or I could be in Massachusetts. There's, there's a lot of places I could be. I could still be here in Long Island. I guess there's like six places. I, I don't know. I just don't know. This whole trip's it just feels like I'm like... <sighs> I don't know. I, it feels like I'm sucking the devil's dick. Like I'm just begging to for something bad to happen. Just hanging out in hell... Hooking up with the devil. Why is it always sucking his dick? Like, why can't it, why can't I just be hanging out with? It? Why does it have to be? I don't know. It's just the devil. I just feel like that's uh that's just what people go to. It's hack. Uh, that's what it is. Honestly, saying saying suck the devil's dick is kind of hack. If I had to judge my own statement, there, it's a little bit of internet meme joking, which I hate. You guys know that when people are like, I had all the feeling, like that kind of stuff where you just talk as if you are a meme that people send around at work. Just find an interesting way to express yourself. I mean, comedians do that now, which is crazy. Comedians, we're supposed to be like wordsmiths. Is there anything funnier than me lecturing other comedians about how they should talk? I'm... Every time I listen to this podcast, I'm like mushed mouth. I say like every three seconds, and I'm like, you respect the language. (laughs) Shut up, self. That's what I should do. I should give myself the business here. Look, hopefully I've convinced you guys to look upon Rex Grossman with, with a little more sympathy. Those career numbers might look a little bit better if he wasn't getting eaten alive by injuries his first three seasons. I mean, that dude is like RoboCop. After, like, uh the dude from that 70s show blows him away. Do You guys remember that scene in RoboCop? By the way, if you re-watch RoboCop, holy shit, that movie is insane. It's so filthy. It's so unnecessarily violent. The scene where they kill RoboCop, they're just like... <laughs> it's so... I mean, it's still, like, crappy 80s special effects, so, like, it, that part takes you out of it. But, I mean, it, it's like one of the Saw movies. <laughs> it's insane. They're, like, they're like blowing off his limbs and laughing and, like, like picking up his hand and, like, fingering themselves with – Like, they're just – it's, like, so beyond what you need to do to establish they're bad guys. It's, like <laughs> – it's, like, we get it. They're bad. What's the line he's got where he's, like uh, – the guy walks, he's, like, bitches, leave. That's a pretty cool line. RoboCop is worth a rewatch, man. Yeah, Rex was fucked up, beat up early on. Being injury-prone is not—that doesn't that doesn't mean you're not tough if you get hurt. So, like I said, I in our minds, in our hearts, I think we need to give this guy a little more—a little less hate for the bad parts of his gunslinger mentality and a little more love for, I think, toughness, I think being a good dude— Saving the world from coronavirus, finding nurses jobs, which is what him and his wife have been doing for the last four years. No, I respect that. All right, we are gonna uh we're gonna use that as the uh the end of the podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for listening. Keep hanging out and tell your friends about the show if you're liking it. I don't know, maybe I'll cut this last part at the end, because I'm about to I'm about to play the end part where I say all that stuff anyway. So I do, do I need to say it twice? How many how many times do I have to say on the podcast? Tell your friends about it. For what is the level from where it goes to helpful to annoying? I mean, probably now. I'm not going to edit this out. I don't have time. We're I have like a we have. Here's the thing: we drove four hours today, got back. I'm recording this at one o'clock in the morning. I got to wake up in five hours, pack up our car, and drive six more hours. Dude, this is so much work right now. So I'm not going to tell you the things to do to help the podcast. I'm just going to end the podcast now. I'm going to say thank you for listening, and I'll let the little call to action thing at the end where I talk do the work for me, all right? All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, you know, keep it real, guys. If you're staying with your families, I don't know, just put on a movie that you all like and don't talk politics with your parents. Trust me, it's, I've let myself slip into it three times already, and it's never worth it. Thanks for listening to the show. To hear more Bring in the Backups or help us grow, please subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a written five-star review. Or subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube. For info on the show or how to see Eric live, visit erichelwig.com to hop on the newsletter.